we turn, please, to Philippians chapter 4. We read there in verse 15, Now ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. When the Apostle Paul first went into Macedonia, the only help he received from these believers in the Philippian church. And it began with his release from the prison there. In Acts chapter 16 and uh, verse 40, after he got out of prison, it says, entered into the house of Lydia. What a blessing that must have been after being in the, in the cells overnight. To go into Lydia's home, who'd only been converted a couple of, a day or so before. What a blessing it must have been. What a blessing for the Apostle Paul to be so supplied and so supported. But also on the other hand, what a blessing and what a privilege it is to have been in the church at Philippi to be able to support the Apostle Paul. What a blessing it is to support people out on the mission field through prayer, through giving, through letters, or these days probably through emails, through sending photographs and keeping them up to date and everything. What a what an encouragement it is for, and what a privilege it is for a church to be able to do that. And what a privilege it is for those out on the mission field to receive such things. It seemed that as soon as he was out of prison, he was welcomed in the home of Lydia. And it would seem as soon as he departed from Philippi, that their support for him began. It's true to say, isn't it, the church in Philippi was a giving church. They gave themselves and they gave of their substance. They didn't just give money. Sometimes it's quite easy just to give money. But they gave themselves not only to each other, but to outsiders as well. And isn't it just, I'm sure you would agree with me, isn't it just such a blessing to give? And it's good, isn't it, to always recall, to remember the kindness, kindnesses shown by people in the past. 
What a blessing it was to know those individuals. It might only be for a day or so. What a blessing it was to remember. And Matthew Henry, he calls these um, gifts from the Philippians to Paul tokens of their love and kindness. What a good thing that is. Tokens of love and kindness. And they helped Paul when he was planting the church there in Thessalonica. Verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Now, do remember this, of course, that Paul also supported himself by working with his own hands while he was there. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 19, no, not that one, sorry, in 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and chapter 3, for you yourselves know, hey, we ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labour and travail night and day, that we might not be a charge of all to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves as an example unto you to follow us. And you see that is, if you like, earning his own keep to a degree, plus the contributions sent to him by the church in Philippi enabled him to fulfil his ministry. It was indeed commendable generosity. Now apparently Thessalonica is about 25 miles from Philippi. And the people in Philippi, the believers there in that church, they sent what was needed and what was necessary. And it seems to be not just the ones, but again and again. And we need to recognise generosity when it is shown to us. It's not always easy to receive. And Paul, you see, is not asking for further gifts. But it is so true, and it's a wonderful principle that we need to grasp, is that giving to the gospel ministry is a blessing in the eye of the Lord. Gifts, as I say, of tokens of love and gratitude. But of course, Christian giving is something more. Because that giving comes from a hand who has a love for the Lord. And right giving always enriches the giver. You see, the giver actually enriches two people. Firstly, the recipient, whoever he gives the gift to, but also, secondly, to himself. And Paul, of course, has uh, a concern. He has a concern about his enemies 
misconstruing his motives. And uh, that's not gone away either, has it? His opponents are always ready to accuse him of being selfish and greedy. But you see, Paul was not a self-seeker. Now, God's wonderful grace can be seen in the fruit of giving. And Paul, you see, has all he needs. The apostle is amply supplied. But I have all and abound. And what these Philippians have done, the Lord is well pleased with them. And surely it's a, it's a, a theme that we see through Scripture, that, they, that, though, that God will honour those as they honoured him in their giving. And what praise Paul gives to the givers. He talks it there in verse 18 about an odour of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. <coughs> and we read, of course, in that verse of the faithful messenger Epaphroditus, who is obviously commended to the Lord. Paul is abundantly satisfied. And indeed, what he's saying, he says, he has even more than he could wish for. And as they, the church, has given to Paul, so the Lord will never suffer them to want. He will raise up help for them if they have a need. Now, when we talk about the wealth of God, that includes all kinds of treasure. And he tells us there, doesn't he? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Note that it is accorded to his riches and not out of. In a sense, you could say that the Lord God is the apostle's banker. And there is the assurance, isn't there, of God's loving care. In uh, 2 Timothy in chapter 4 and verse 17, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. You see, Paul knew his God. He knew he served, he knew he worshipped, he knew he could trust him. And as he says there, the Lord stood with me. Do you know, the Lord will stand with us when we stand for him. You see, the Lord has a very special providence for his people. And he tells us that all you'll need according to his riches in glory. 
In other words, in glory, you're having communion, if you like, with God in heaven through Christ. But it's not every wish, but it's every need. And does it not it true that the Lord abundantly answers prayer? To the Father, verse 20, Now unto God and our Father be glory for ever and ever. To the Father, in the guiding and the power of the Holy Spirit, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This God, Paul has come to know as his God. It's a personal and I think so many people I've talked to about these things miss out on this. That the gospel is personal. That Jesus Christ, our relationship to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, is personal. The testimony of the Christian is the Lord Jesus Christ is my saviour. He is my Lord. Never mind thousands and thousands of others. But it's personal. And what a blessing that is. And when we are in that wonderful position, the Lord gives us inner strength. He gives us comfort. He gives us power to live our lives to the glory of God in all the circumstances in which he's placed us. You see, it's God's will individually for each one of us. And it is particularly each one of us. Remember how Peter and James were put into prison by Herod. The Lord delivered Peter from prison, but he allowed James to be executed. And verse 20, what a wonderful doxology. Now unto God and our Father be glory for ever and ever. And there are numerous examples throughout the scriptures of similar. I'm just going to read a couple to, to, to um, Romans, the end of um, Romans chapter 16 and verse 27. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. And uh, in um, the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 5, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And one more just in the, the next book along, in Ephesians chapter 3 and, and verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And uh, going back there to uh, Philippians 4, that verse in 20, salute every saint. Every saint. No exceptions. You see, Paul Goodwill, the Lord's grace and mercy 
knows no exceptions. Now, Paul's uh, circumstances and Paul's ministry would have brought him into contact with all manner of people. But you see, he's there. Now, unto God and our Father, in his Son, the Father of all believers, the Father of the faithful, as well as to Paul. And this is an utterance that comes from the very depths of Paul's heart. And we need to seek to have hearts full with the glory of God. God and our Father. What a great privilege that is. What a great encouragement to know that. He is our Father. He is my Father. And here is Paul writing to these believers in Philippi. He has such affection for them. So much affection that he sends to every believer there in that church. And uh, he speaks, doesn't he? The, the, here in verse, the brethren which are with me greet you. His fellow labourers who are with Paul. Now, if we were to look in other parts of the scripture, we would discover who some of these fellow labourers were, because he talks about them. Talks about Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica. He was with Paul in Ephesus. He was the one that in the riot was seized by the mob. He went with Paul from Troas to Asia. He was a fellow traveller to Rome. And at one time a fellow prisoner. He could be meaning Mark, the writer of the second gospel. He was with Paul in Rome. Remember, Paul was writing this letter to the Philippians from Rome. Justice called Jesus in Rome with Paul. We discover that in the book of Colossians. And so we could go on. Other names, Epaphras, Luke, and so on. So greetings come from Paul, but greetings also come from the other believers there in Rome as well. We're not sure how many and who they are for certain. But we know some of them. And what they're saying is a blessing to all who are in Christ, to every saint. All the saints with Paul send their affectionate greetings to them. All the Christians now at Rome. And what amazing truth there is there in verse 20. All the saints salute you. Chiefly, they are of Caesar's household. Now, as you probably are aware, that the Roman emperor at this time was Nero. 
He was a dreadful individual, but it appears, it tells us, that in his household, or even possibly in his family, there were believers. It's amazing, isn't it, where the gospel has gone and who has been converted. Now, of course, Caesar's household can mean a multitude of persons of all ages. It could mean people in Caesar's, uh, among Caesar's servants. It could mean people in Caesar's administration department. It's amazing, isn't it? Christians could be found in the most unlikely places, even here. You see, the Lord has his people where he wants them. You're not where you are by accident. The Lord put you there through his design, his purposes for the ministry that he would have you do. Isn't it a wonderful thought? There might even be a Christian in the family of a man like Nero. Because nothing is impossible for the Lord, is it? Nothing whatsoever. And the Lord knows. The Lord knows who are his. And the final verse, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. What wonderful words. You see, it's on the basis of grace, all other blessings flow. Our entire salvation, from start to finish, depends on God's sovereign favour in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. What a gracious blessing to give to someone. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. That the grace of the Lord might abide with them. And what does he finish? Amen. So be it. No doubt. Full confidence. And all should be as he prayed. I just want to close with a quote by Matthew Henry. And he puts it like this. The free favour and goodwill of Christ be your portion and happiness. Could you wish or desire anything better for anyone? We pray for many, many, many things, don't we? Yes, we do indeed. That's all right. It's always nice to have a bit of comeback. As long as you're not too noisy, I don't mind. We pray for many, many things. We pray for many, many people. But isn't it wonderful when we can bring before the Lord our brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe those that we know very well within our fellowships, maybe some we know less well in other fellowships, people in our families, friends, People on the other side of the world only see us a name in a magazine. But we can pray much for them.
But what a blessing it is to pray that each one would know the free favour and the goodwill of Christ to be their portion in their happiness. Let's pray together. Our dear, gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful letter that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write to the church at Philippi. We thank you, Lord, for the wonderful lessons that are found within this letter. We thank you, Lord, that they were a giving church and the members of that church were a giving people. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be blessed and encouraged through the ministry of giving. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you give us to do this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, dear Heavenly Father, for our dear brothers and sisters in Christ, whether they're close to us here or whether they are far away in other lands, just known to us through a name or perhaps that they too would know that free favour. They would know the goodwill of the Lord Jesus Christ. May it be to them their portion and their happiness. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with each and every one of us. Amen.